I think it's so important for each Christian to believe that you have to wear the jersey of Christ and never underestimate your voice for Jesus because it's going to resonate with somebody. Right. Your, your testimony is going to do the same thing for somebody else in another way. It's going to be a seed for somebody's salvation to come to the cross. Right. And so maybe God takes us through those opportunities in our life to experience things, not so we can get bitter about it, but so we can get better and understand and be more empathetic to people that, that deal with very hurtful situations much more than we do. It's trying to move too fast, so die so you can be present in the moment. See, if I die, then I, I can't move past right now. That's right. right. And so it's just better if you die. You know, mm. die to your flesh, die to yourself, die to your agenda, just say, God, use me. Allow me to be present in this moment. You know, as a white guy walking into the locker room and being like pretty much the only white person in the locker room, mm -hmm. I'm sitting there, uh, I'm prejudging the way they feel about me without even giving them a chance. Wow. You know, mental health is something that I am, I am an advocate for in regards to not staying where you're at. Let's get you to where we know God has intended for you so that you can walk out your calling and your purpose for your life. Beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of I Like Birds Podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. We have two phenomenal guests in the building who are some kingdom warriors for Christ, who put on for Jesus in their daily lives and their daily encounters with people. We have Sly Stemley, my new friend. Make some noise for Sly, everybody. He is an ambassador with FCA. And I uh, just love our, our connections that we've had so far. And we have my man, Ken Butler, who I've been doing uh, life with for a little bit over a year, two years now. Yeah. Uh, and he is an area director for FCA. Make some noise for Ken Butler, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What's up? Let's go. It's funny every time. But let's just dive right in, gentlemen. We are uh, all kind of involved in FCA in some kind of role. Uh, my audience knows, and if they don't know that are listening, if you're a first time tuning in, make sure you subscribe to the show. Uh, first time tuning in, uh, I've done some character coaching with FCA where I was a part of a uh, high school basketball team in Mansfield Legacy, uh, which was an incredible experience and one that I hope that comes in the future again with another school or another opportunity. But I was able to just see on the ground what your ministry looks like. And so talk to me a little bit about what FCA has been, been, been up to in this season of life and how much has um, evolved since you guys have started. I'll start with you, Sly, since you're right across from me. You know, FCA is, um, man, this past year, we ended the past year reaching about 3,000 students across 10 schools in Mansfield. Um, that's five middle schools and five high schools. Uh, we entered the year probably somewhere around like 800. Is that accurate? 800 and so um man god has been doing some amazing things and i'm honored that i get to be able to be a part of it um but i'm even more honored zach that i get to work with with ken because we're able to show people what what it looks like mm -hmm. to have a kingdom partnership um two guys that come from different backgrounds not um, really that <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. You know, we we didn't get to grow up in the same neighborhood. You know? oh. um, yeah, um, but people say we look like brothers. I think sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. put your mic up yeah. a little bit so we can, we, yeah, a little bit angled. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So it's been cool. It's been cool to be able to um, partner with him and and just the Mansfield area. Mm. Um, you know, Mansfield's my responsibility. So um, I have even this year we're adding. Uh, the intermediate schools so, so we are we're expanding and it's expanding fast so let's go uh, man it's been praise it's been god awesome. yeah let's go that's let's exciting go. and ken you've been at it for how many years now 
This is uh, year 23 for me. 23? Yeah, wow. All in FCA? Well, the first 16 of those years were as a volunteer. So wow. I, you know, I was approached as a youth pastor. This guy, my role, the area director at the time, what comes up and says, hey, man, would you want to serve as a chaplain or a character coach for a football team? And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you get to go and, and share the gospel in the locker room with a football team. And I'm going like, you can do that? Like, that's legal? Like, <laughs> that's we're, allowed, legal? we're allowed to do that? You know? And so I'm like, yeah, sign me up, man. This, this sounds awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I loved it. It was, you know, jumped right in uh, at Sam Houston High School in East Arlington and, and, and served there and would go every Friday, do a chapel service with them and, and uh, was ingrained right into the program on the sidelines with the guys on Friday nights. And Ooh. and it just became a part of, of who I was. I mean, it, it was really like the time of my week, honestly, that I looked forward to more than anything else was that, that eight hour window on Fridays where I was getting to go hang out at a public high school, share the gospel, build relationships with coaches and athletes. And, mm. and I'm just like, why isn't, like everyone doing this because this is like the coolest thing ever. So that was really my my introduction to FCA. Did that for 16 years as a volunteer, and then uh, tra- you know transitioned onto staff seven years ago. Wow, that's incredible. I love that. That's such a long journey to be in the same kind of field of ministry. Uh, so when it when people think of like oh they took prayers out of school, what does that look like when it comes to being able to spread the gospel at school? So where's the like the fine line that you're allowed to, what you're allowed to do, and what you're not allowed to do? You know, people say they took. God out of schools, but they didn't take God out of schools because he, they didn't take God's people out of schools. Hey, amen. And so we are followers of Christ. We we are on campus. We're with those students, and people uh, I think don't realize the amount of freedom we actually do have in our public schools to go in and just be who we are in Christ and share that with people, mm-hmm. whether that's faculty, athletes, teachers, and you know Sly has really been done a great job um, of stepping onto campus in different ways, maybe outside of the traditional FCA thought process to serve our schools. And it's made a huge difference. I, you know, I think you should share a little bit about that. I think it's been really cool to watch. Yeah. You know, over the last uh, year, I know, actually I would say two years uh, after COVID, right. Um, the schools were like, Hey, mm-hmm. things are I believe that. Right. <laughs> And a door opened up. Uh, there was a coach, his name was Matt Allen, that w- when I first found out about FCA from a advisory uh, period perspective uh, of having a Bible study was in 20, uh, it was like 2014. Um, I walked into his classroom, he invited me. So I was a character coach and he invited me. He was like, yo, on Monday, why don't you come hang out with me? I didn't know what I was walking into. I walked into the classroom and I see some scriptures on a projector and I'm like, okay, what's this all about? Cause somebody about to get fired. <laughs> I'm not going down <laughs> with you. And so students start coming in. And after about five minutes, he probably had like 60 or 70 students in there. They're sitting on desks. They're falling in. There's, there's nowhere to stand, nowhere to sit. Hmm. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? It's like, oh, we're about to have FCA share time. And so I'm just sitting back watching and he begins to pre- present the gospel. And after he, after everyone leaves, I'm like, how, how are you doing this? And it's like, oh, it's during advisory. And so, um, I get to choose what I would like to do. And went post, um, pandemic, um, you know, the district was like, Hey, we're looking for volunteers to come out and do all kinds of things to talk to Ken. It's like, Hey, let's just, let's pitch it and see, you know, uh, if, if it'll work. And so we went before the school district was like, Hey, we feel like we have something that could help in this season um, for such a time as this, we feel we, we are confident that if you give us an opportunity, 
we can we we will have a positive impact on the school in the school district. So we tried it with a few schools um, during the advisory period, literally a 15 minute period. So you're presenting the gospel for maybe seven to 10 minutes. Um, mm. And some of those moments we would see in the beginning, five students show up. Mm. Yeah, uh, last year, after, um, after the end of the year, I would say that we, you know, we grew maybe 50, 70% of that first year of the pandemic. But then after that, um, the second year, and we went from seeing like 20 kids to 50 kids to, to hundreds now. Some of these, some of these, um, some of these huddles grow, grew like not only double, triple. Hmm. And so- um, Dang, that's a lot. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. A, a lot of kids coming. I mean, sometimes they're running across the campus to hear the gospel. What? For- Sound like Billy Graham show. Man, it, it, it's wild. It's wild. It is wild. Like when I say it's wild, we had, we had one school, Mansfield High School, 300 kids showed up just for worship. Wow, that's powerful, for a man. For 15-minute worship set. And you don't see that on the news. You don't even see that as a parent. Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. share that with the parents, do they? Check, check this out, Zach. It was, this was last year, right, Ken? Mm -hmm. with, with, with Summit? Summit High School. We, we outgrew a conference room. We started out with five. We outgrew it. We hit 150 one week. And I was like, yeah, this is not safe. Because there's literally nowhere to walk. So mm -hmm. we moved to the basketball gym. First week in the basketball gym, 50 salvations. 50? What was, like, what happened? Was, was there like a gospel preacher? They, the worship? No, was, well, like, we, we had, we who had, was sharing? Um, this guy named Troy, Troy Dix. Um, you know, he shared the message. I don't even remember what the message was. Um, but he didn't, he didn't do the call. I did. So at the end, I was like, mm, I'm feeling the prompting. So, yeah, I, there you so go. I, I walk up and because we're in the basketball gym, so it's like bleachers are full. All right. Mm. Um, I have to show you the picture after the show. <clears throat> but um, man, it was it was beautiful. That's powerful. It was beautiful. Yeah, just take, to see God. Take, take a look at that right there. And Ken, okay. I want to ask you this while we're over here talking about this. How have we experienced the the fruit of the salvation that we're experiencing in the youth? Like, has that transitioned into like or translated into other kids being uh, also saved because their friends get saved? Yeah, we've seen students, and we've and we've done a great job, I think, of having those students that come to faith to raise them up into the spiritual leadership, mm. to say, you know, this is not our ministry, it's your ministry. You may go make disciples now. You know, the Lord has moved in your, in your life. Now, it's, you know, you're to be obedient. You have to take what you've learned, the life transformation you've experienced, and go share that with your friends. And so it's been really cool to see now after a year or two, the second generation of students coming to faith, not through us, but through their peers. Wow. That's powerful. And powerful. that just shows us like, um, I, and I, I got to find a better way to put, put this, but I always say like, sometimes, you know, being a follower of Jesus and being like vocal about it, it's kind of like, you're trying to get everybody to, it's kind of like a multimedia marketing thing. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> You know, but like God's pyramid right, scheme, like right. it trickles down into like other people in, in their lives. And like, you'll never get to be able to like see how much of that um, is present. You know, you might, might not be able to see the fruit of that all the time. But the fact that like this has generational impacts on so many, so many lives when y'all are just being obedient and you're in the schools and you're sharing the gospel. And like the fact that you're going to the places I feel like needs it most, you know, maybe outside of, you know, prison or like homeless, like shelters and stuff like that. But, you know, for the grand scheme of things, the youth, it's just like, that's so, so powerful. And then how did y'all like find yourselves in that 
in that situation of like, this is what I do for like a living now. Cause you've been an ambassador and, and you have um, experiences of like, you know, having struggling with faith and like, God, why are you not with me? And like, maybe share a little bit about that slide and your journey to becoming an ambassador. with yeah, FCA. You know, I, you know, I grew up in the church. Um, I'm a church kid, you know, I grew up around the church in the church family, all that. And I would say that for myself, I, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And, you know, after I graduated um, high school, I was on this this journey of trying to pursue, trying to go to the NFL, thinking that was going to be what I was going to do. Oh, you got skills? Man, I was kind of nice. All right, I was cool. kind of nice. I was there we right. go. That's for the people, um, you know? Yeah, I was kind of nice. We don't got um, no scrubs on I like birds. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if they are, they ain't got no wings. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I ended up meeting a guy that um, I was working out at the gym. I ended up meeting this guy named Ignacio. And he introduced me to his church, um, Fellowship Church out in Grapevine, give my life to Christ out there um, and and just begin began this pursuit. But I've always had a draw to sports, love sports. Um, and God opened up some doors where I had an opportunity to work with pro athletes. And sometimes some of these athletes were young. We're talking like middle school all the way through professional careers. Right. And I'm still in contact with a lot of these guys. Um, Any names you can drop? Uh, I'll drop. A couple. Let's see. TJ Antone. Um, he actually went to Legacy. Okay, so he played cool. baseball um, there. He's actually right now currently playing for the Reds, Cincinnati Reds. Um, I got to walk with him throughout his high school year, um, through college and through his pro year, um, pro pro career right now. Um, I'll, since I didn't get permission from other guys, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But mm -hmm. man, I've had an opportunity to work with players of all sports. We're talking baseball, basketball, Super Bowl winners, actors, you know, um, all kinds of artists. And God, I remember this one time, um, I got an opportunity to do a Bible study at a player's house. I can say the neighbor, he lived behind Jason Witten, okay. right, um, over in Westlake. And it was other players there. And God had showed me a glimpse, like this is what I need you to focus on, not trying to get back to the NFL to become a trainer, you know, for, for an NFL team or trying to go back and play. I need you to focus on taking the gospel to these athletes because you have a connection. Hmm. And um, I got a first taste of that when I ended up at Mansfield High School. A kid had in invited me to come and share, but he didn't tell me I was going to share. It was like, it was, he set me up, bro. Really? He set me up. He was like, yo, um, can you can you come with me and, and hang out with some friends and have breakfast in the morning? I'm like, okay, sure. And his name, is, his name is Isaac Stip Puffer. Isaac, if you see this, appreciate you. Um, but, but, but I thank him because he invited me to FCA. I had no idea what FCA was. Mm. But at that time, I actually had a nonprofit that I had started because I wanted to go and speak and, and be a motivational speaker in schools. So Isaac invites me, right? And he then tells the coach, but didn't tell me, that he was going to have me share. So the coach was like, hey, Isaac has, uh, has a friend here. Is gonna share a word, and I'm looking around. I'm like, "What is going on?" What you I, need, word, right? <laughs> and then I was like, "Hey guys, this is my friend Sly, and he's and he's gonna share a word today." And I'm just like, "What are we doing?" He's like, "Hey, yeah, just share share with them what you told me about your testimony." And so that was the first time I shared at FCA at Mansfield High School, um, and, and I was able to connect with a lot of those students outside of the school, and see them in a the grocery store, just see them, you know out around town and they were just like, man, thank you for sharing your story. And that was my first taste of mm. FCA. That's cool. And then I fast forward, get connected to FCA through the school. Me and Ken hadn't met yet. 
and I become, you know, a character coach. I would go and speak pregame and stuff like that. Um, and then we finally ended up connecting and the school, you know, uh, Lake Ridge was like, Hey, can you just be our primary guy? And so, um, it's just, it, it's my DNA, like being mm-hmm. on campus and sharing the gospel, loving on kids. And sometimes I'm working with, you know, um, coaches and teachers and it's not just, you know, here, here's the cool part. It's not just spending time with athletes and coaches. We're serving the students that are not athletes and we're serving principals and teachers as well. So you're not missing out on the ministry opportunity that strikes you on the way to the ministry opportunity that you're heading towards. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, I like how you did that. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Cause we were just talking pre-show about that. I let the audience in on a little pre-show note. We were talking about in Matthew, how, um, when Matthew was called, he was working, um, as a, as a, as a tax collector and Jesus on his way to another ministry opportunity stopped to, to, you know, encourage Matthew to follow him while he was at the workplace. So kind of share with us like your heart behind that, what you were like studying and what you're, what you were picking up from that piece of scripture today and the full picture that you gave to it was beautiful. I want to hear it again. Yeah. So I've seen this text. I think we've all seen this text before. We've, we've heard it, we've seen it. Um, And the thing that, that God showed me in this is that so often we can be so distracted. Um, We can be too busy um, thinking about where we're going and that can keep us from being present from where we're at. And Jesus is walking alongside the shore and the scripture tells us that he saw, you know, and, and the question I'd ask myself is how many things am I not seeing because I'm already thinking about where I'm going. Mm. All right. And then the next thing that the scripture tells us is that he said to him, how many people am I not speaking to as I'm on my way going to? That's good. And then, um, he gets to the house with with Matthew and um, and, and he has some guests there, you know, and something that I'd share with you a pre-show was what I've been convicted of is that um, I've, I've aligned some people in my life that I've said, hey, I'm going to disciple you in this season, but I haven't fully allowed them to come into a very close proximity of my life. And the cool part about that story is not only did he have this this moment with with Levi, who we know as Matthew, he also had a moment with some of Matthew's friends, his co-workers, right? Those that may be associated with Matthew that didn't have a great reputation. Um, and I had to ask myself, like, okay, it's one thing to be a disciple maker, but are we also loving and in community with those that are not? followers of Christ. And we see them in mixed company. You know, and a lot of times um, we, we want to find comfort in who we have company with, but Jesus shows us that, that that's not how we did it. That's so true. You know, he, it wasn't, he was around people that had things to say. Like they were talking yeah. like, who is this dude? Mm-hmm. What does he think he's doing? And like they, they were literally saying that. And they even, if you, if you look in other places <laughs> of scripture, where were all the parties at? It was always at Matthew's house. Always. You know? So, like, all of Matthew's peeps were coming through. And you it, know? Said he, it said that he threw a feast, right? That's right. So, I mean, this wasn't like just, you know, it's having coffee. This is nah. like, hey, let's go and get some Starbucks. No, mm-hmm. this was like, he, 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 he allowed, he allowed Matthew to be who he was and he stepped into that. That's right. And it wasn't that where he was also being kind of, um, condemned, Jesus was being condemned for having dinner with the sinners? Absolutely. So isn't that interesting how it all kind of connects? And, and he knew, right? Yeah. He, he knew he was going to get condemned, you know, and I think we worry too much. 
about, about what about on. what the Christians think. Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, don't start. Oh, no, we definitely going to go. start. <laughs> this, this, what are we, about 20 minutes in? This is usually about the time we get going with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, and that's a real thing because it's like, you know, there's such a difference between, you know, um, I'm a Christian and then I'm a follower of Jesus, you know? And, it, and I don't think it should be that way. You should be, it should be, you know, the same statement, but somehow... In our American culture, we've we've seen that there are two different things, you know, like you can I can have a conversation with Ken and be like, you know, like, oh, he's a real one. You know, like I don't have to worry about like, oh, he's not walking, you know, and, and all this stuff. You know, once you I feel like you're once you're in the battlefield, you get your stripes. You know, would you agree to that? Because you're like y'all see that like, yo, ministry is like it's taxing and it's like you have a big old question mark. You have doubt all the time. You're out here, you know, putting blood, sweat and tears and, and, and time and energy and equity, sweat equity into making sure that the gospel is being spread. Have you guys experienced that in y'all's in y'all's ministry, Ken? We have. It's been it's really cool to watch. You know, you talked about the God pyramid scheme earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm old enough now that I'm seeing the fruit of that. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's uh, it's got to be a better way to say that. It's got to be a, a better way. To, yeah, like you it. know, you like, I like it. Let's keep it there. Let's keep it there. Yeah. Ponzi, what's that Ponzi scheme? Ponzi, you know, we, yeah, yeah. we're running that. But yeah, I mean, I, so I know th some of those guys, the coolest things, you know, you put the effort in, you know, we talk about those uncomfortable environments and I'll, and I'll just share and I hope it's okay to just be kind of frank. But, you know, I, when I was, yeah. I, when I was at that youth pastor role, you know, my pastor looked across the desk at me and said, why are you over there in, in the East side serving the black kids? Wow. Those kids aren't coming to our church. Sounds like, remember the Titans. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, but he, but then it starts instilling doubt in you, right? Are you, yeah. do, are you doing any good? Are, the, are these kids actually listening to anything you're saying? Mm -hmm. Do they, do they care? Do they respect you enough to, to listen to the message you're sharing from the scriptures? And it's, you know, I'm 50 years old now. So I see guys, we have a guy at, at one of the Mansfield high schools that was on that first team mm -hmm. that. I served as a chaplain and character coach years ago. And guess what? He's leading, helping lead the FCA now, right? Nice. And you you make that investment into people, wondering sometimes, will you ever see the fruit of that blood, sweat, and tears that of the standing on the sidelines in the rain at games or in the freezing cold and like, why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I out here? Um, but we talked a little bit about it earlier. Our ministry is such a ministry of presence. Ooh, I like that. Let's stay there. It's a ministry of presence, and if we're not willing to be present. In the good times, in the rough times, in the rain, in the freezing cold, in we'll probably be out at games next week when it's 106, sweating like crazy with these kids and with these coaches. But that's but they see, hey, they're with us, they're present with us, they're part of who we are. They care about us enough to they're, they're going to go through the struggles with us. And that type of ministry to me is just it's so rewarding because you're not doing ministry on your own terms. That's so true. You're not doing ministry in comfortable environments. You're not doing ministry. Uh, you know, it, you control the narrative, right? You can you're, say it. You can say it. you're not doing a podcast. No, no, <laughs> right. no. So you never know what's going to happen. You yeah. never know what's going to come up, right? And so, are you ready yeah. for that? And do you have an answer? And are you present in a way where uh, you're earning the trust of people that may not trust? quote unquote Christians. And are you having a daily encounter with the presence of God to be able to handle those presence moments? Yes. That happens. Mm. And I was able to experience that in Africa. You know, when you talk about like a real boots on the ground, like needs are here. Are you going to meet those needs? And I was, I was shared, shared my mother-in-law who I got a whole new perspective of her ministry when I was able to see 
firsthand like what she was doing out there and like the team that she had what they were doing out there with the widows and the orphans and i'm just sitting there thinking like there would literally be somebody knocking every single day on the house we need something we need something and, and it's like she would have to go out there and like talk to each individual about the need and she would just keep adding it to like this long uh legal pad list and i'm like the list was so full by the time we're at the end of the trip and i'm looking at her, i'm like what are you gonna do about all this She's like, pray for a lot of, a lot of money <laughs> and give it to God. And I was like, yeah, but like, that's a lot of people. Like, what are you going to tell them if that don't come through? She's like, well, the only thing I can do is minister to the one in front of me. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, that's the subtitle. <laughs> that's the subtitle of the book, that's you know? It. Cause it was a hundred percent. Like in that moment, you were able to see like all that other stuff that you think is like, Oh, I'm gonna go spread the gospel to many. And they're all going to accept Christ. And it's like, boom. And somebody comes up to you and is like, crying because they don't have enough money to eat or enough or enough water and or enough clothing and wants you know they see what you have and they want that for themselves and you have to be able to handle that situation with like grace and like with the love of christ and like lord help me steward my heart posture in the right direction and help me get the words to say in this moment and just teach me like how you would handle the situation you don't experience that until you're present in the in the ministry field that's good that's good there's a saying that i have it's better if you die what do you mean so the by pro- that? The problem is, is uh, many times we get too caught up in our agenda, but it's better if, if, if we die, die to our agenda, mm-hmm. D- die to what, where we're trying to like, trying to move too fast. So die so you can be present in the moment. See, if I die, then I, I can't move past right now. That's right? right. And so it's just better if you die, you know, mm-hmm. die, die, to, die to your flesh, die to yourself, die to your agenda and just say, God, use me. Allow me to be present in this moment. Like he was saying, the, you know, when we're, when we're serving the, the student, the athlete, the coach, the teacher, um, I can't be thinking about um, how many followers I'm going to get. I I can't be thinking about how many salvations I'm going to get. I need to die and be present in the moment because if Mm -hmm. not, that I'm not really following. Mm. I'm trying to lead Christ. That's true. Dang, that's a bar. <laughs> I'm trying to lead him yeah. with my cross, not his cross. So yeah. I have to die. And with with the guys that I mentor and disciple, I tell them like, hey, when I hear them talking and telling me what their thoughts are, it's like, okay, I just need you to die first mm. before you move forward. That's interesting. How is race? Because you guys, you know, you're all from you're all from the same you know bloodline. Are we? How has race, <laughs> bloodline of Christ, baby? Mm-hmm. Uh, how has race like been a contributing factor, especially in the sports in the schools world? Because my experiences when I went to do the character coaching, there was definitely a a wall that I had to kind of like chip down just by being around, being myself, connecting with the guys before they're able to like build that trust uh, with me. Um, and it was, I think, it was a uh, like eighteen. 18 black kids, one white kid on the team, you know? So it was a, it was a completely like, I was coming into this situation of like, okay, so do I, how, how much, how long do I have to take to break down this wall to where I can actually start building a relationship with them? And it didn't take long, but how have you guys experienced that in your, in your ministry? No, I think for me, it's, it is about trust. And, and I think there's different factors, gender, race, it's all, a factor, right? Because building relationships with people is is tough. And I think athletes and coaches in general are pretty, un, you know, they distrust people because people always want something from them, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
especially high profile athletes, coaches, you know, they've got parents, you know, kind of criticize them from the stands, you know, Hey, you learned how to coach, you know, and, and they're under this constant pressure of, uh, just who can I trust and who really has my back and who really does care about me as a person, not for my role or what I can offer them. And so I think it's, it's, it's just earning the trust of being consistent, being authentic, like you were talking about. Those walls come down pretty quick. Mm. And I think over time, you know, even as I served at that school for eight years in, in East Arlington, uh, you know, it was it was cool because I didn't feel that after being there for a period of time. Right. At first, I was I was more self-conscious about it, I think, than the, what it really was. Right. OK. You know, as a white guy walking into the locker room and being like pretty much the only white person in the locker room. Mm hmm. I'm sitting there. Uh, I'm prejudging the way they feel about me, without even giving them a chance. Wow, you know real. yeah, no, for it, sure. You you start to kind of sit yourself in a box of like, oh, this is what they think about me, just because we're not dapping up yet. It's like right. you don't even know them yet. You know, it's like <laughs> relax. Yeah, day one. Yeah, like five they, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> they they lost their first game. Don't take it hard. Right, <laughs> right. Like That's why they're like, not talking to yeah, you. Yeah, they're, yeah. Talking, they're, they're salty. You know. Yeah, I would say you know to kind of piggyback that the there's a there's a saying that I have to tell myself is vulnerability is the vehicle for victory. Mm -hmm. Right, and and I got that from from athletes sharing with me that hey um because you were very vulnerable when you came to be with us um, that helped build the trust for myself or others to then feel like we can share certain things to you or even really give you an ear when you come to speak what ways were you vulnerable like what does that look like you know it, it might have been upbringing right um you know um you know i've had zach i've, I've been through mm, battles with depression anxiety um and so i'm 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 the first to share like um uh, i've been in counseling for a long i'm an advocate of counseling um and so when i share those things and you got athletes this is like mm -hmm. this dude right here got depression anxiety mm -hmm. i'm going to counseling immediately that 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 chips the walls all the way down you know because of that me being transparent in that moment mm -hmm. um I can't tell you how many athletes that have thanked me for opening up about my mental health. You know, mental health is something that I am I am an advocate um, for in, in, in regards to not staying where you're at. Let's get you to where we know God can God. God has intended for you so that you can walk out your calling and your purpose for your life. How have you grown in that way? Like, how has that shift happened and elevated you to being a big advocate for it so that you're able to help other people with that? Um, you know, so I, I, I've done counseling this, I think this year will probably be 20 years. I haven't done it for 20 years straight, but I've done some type of counseling. Um, right now I'm looking into starting EDMR, ED, yeah. Is that a music e festival? E e e e EDMR. <laughs> That's funny. Mix Taylor. EDM. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I usually try to share some of my story. I don't share all of it because I think there's a time and a place. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I truly believe that there's some unique parts of our story that we do need to share. Mm. Um, and so um, athletes, especially, they go through a lot, right? There's a lot of pressure to perform, to succeed. There's a lot of athletes that are playing and they're only playing because their parents want them to play or their siblings or there's all this pressure. Um, and so that can, that can add on to your mental health, right? So you're, you're, you're following a bloodline of athletes and you never wanted to play, but you know that your family's going to view you different or friends or people are going to view you different if you don't play. Wow. 
or you feed off of the attention that you saw your cousin or your brother get. And so you're playing, not knowing that this is adding to your mental health. All right. Um, and so for myself, uh, I never really had to struggle to start a team. Yeah. Like, like a lot of things came to me naturally. Right. Um, and so w- when I went through seasons of um, growing up, I was blessed to have a brother that was very talented. So I was around a lot of people um, that were older than me. So I had to play up. So it prepared me. But at the same time, I fed off of that. Hmm. When you take sports away, what am I going to replace with that now? So I start feeding with things that of the world, you know, the drinking, the sm- all the things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I believe that those uh, those seasons of life that I leaned on things of the world didn't help my mental health. That's so true. But, but I didn't know that. Right. Yeah, it's the pleasure. Yeah, Solomon. Yeah, you should have read Ecclesiastes. You'd have been good. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, man, the students, athletes, they're, they're, they're seeking these things a lot sooner than, you know. Than we realize. And, right. and your story connects with them because, right. like, God couldn't use maybe Ken or myself to be able to reach these people that, that you're reaching. And that's why I think it's so important for each Christian to believe that you have to wear the jersey of Christ and never underestimate your voice for Jesus because it's going to resonate with somebody. Right. Your, your testimony is going to do the same thing for somebody else in another way. It's going to be a seed for somebody's salvation to come to the cross right. you know, and understand that, oh, I am forgiven. Oh, I am made righteous because of Christ. I am on the path of sanctification because of Jesus, you know, the Holy spirit is with me to help me get to this point and being able to instill that into the youth. Like that is so powerful. And like, that's why I have so much love and respect for y'all's ministry. And that's why I love that y'all are here to share with the people right now, because like this, where else can you see that? Where else can you find that besides FCA on a big scale like that? So I commend you guys. I respect you guys for doing what you're doing in the schools. And and that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And you guys are actually, on the the journey and the path and thinking about also starting a podcast to get your story out there even further. Right. So talk to me a little bit about that, Ken, what's on your heart and what's it called and what's the vision looking like? You know, it's really about kingdom ministry. I think that's one of the things that FCA has provided to me as a platform to try to connect the local church to the schools and then connect, you know, connect people of God to the schools and each other and being a kingdom connector. So we want the, the focus of the podcast is just to show folks how it can look. We don't let ourselves get in our little box, mm-hmm. you know, about this is our ministry. This is our church. This is our approach. And we won't get outside that box to do ministry together. Because I do, I do think when you see churches work with nonprofits and, and other faith-based initiatives and, and even just being willing to step into the schools and ask questions like, what do you need? Like, you know, people that knock at the door, right? Yeah. What, what, would it, what would it look like if the church actually went to the school and knocked on the door and said, hey, what do you need? Right. Instead of, instead of just trying to cram their programs you know, into the box that they think mm-hmm. the school needs. And so being a, being able to have a, a platform to where we can have guests on, have people come on and talk with us and share kingdom initiatives, kingdom ideas, uh, best practices, things we're seeing. You know, Sly has done a great job of uh, we, we fed all the teachers and, and staff at the high schools and middle schools last year in Mansfield. You know, that's, that's, not, a, that's not an FCA thing, right? right? But we invited the local churches to come with us, right? And say, hey, we're not going to fly the flag over it you know we're not flying the fca flag over it. we don't want you to come 
necessarily in all your church gear, you know, and like make a big deal. Let's just be the, let's just be the church, right? Let's yeah. be God's kingdom to people that are, have a really difficult job and have, have, you know, some struggles. Right. And so I think having a podcast where we can, can bring different perspectives on that is going to be really fun and really cool. And look forward to having some students on to talk about their experience with FCA and maybe some coaches that have had their lives impacted through FCA, but also just, you know, coming like this and getting around the table and sharing, yeah. you know, about what, what's happening, what God's doing. And, and, and maybe um, folks will tune in and say, you know what, we, we could do that. Like in our community, we could do that. That's and, right. You know, because this has global reach. You yeah. know, this has mm-hmm. national reach a hundred percent, you know, and it's on so many different platforms. Even uh, this happened yesterday. Uh, two things in one day, Patreon, which is where uh, people can go to like support you, you know, doing like a monthly subscription. Ken, thank you. You're on my Patreon. Truly appreciate you, brother. You actually got a steak dinner last time we were here. You want a steak dinner on our, uh, on our show. Yeah. I love me some steak. So that's super cool. But Patreon um, actually just partnered with Spotify. So now that if you're a Patreon member, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify. That way you don't have to like go to Patreon, like a separate app, you know, you can kind of boom, you already have Spotify, boom, it's right there. And then also TikTok just opened up the door for, um, if you post like a clip, you can connect your podcast to that clip. So then on the screen, it says, oh, listen to the full episode, boom, you click it and it takes you right to the full episode connected to your RSS feed. So like, these two little things that happen are big things because it just shows that like, yo, the, the podcast world is actually evolving and, and we need to, if there's so many voices out there, uh, worldly voices, you know, like Joe Rogan and, you know, so many others, you know, I love me some Joe Rogan, but that's a worldly voice. You know, you don't, you don't believe in God. That's just the truth. Like, you know, I, I keep trying to find video footage of him saying, I believe in Christ, but it hasn't happened yet. You know, we're praying for salvation for Joe Rogan, y'all. Amen. Amen. Let's go, Lord. Come on, touch some Holy Spirit. Go to his studio, you know, right now, you know, touch him with the Holy Ghost. But um, to saw, all that to say is that like, we need to be voices out here for the kingdom and we need to make sure that we're also pouring into the youth through the, the, the video content because that's where they're at. You know, we have to go where they are sometimes. And that's a big reason why we started this video footage or the video podcast is because I was seeing the audio is so much harder to get people to just listen to the audio. I was like, they have to see you. They have to see what's going on. This is how, this is where they're at. They're on the social medias. They're on the TikToks and Instagram reels and all that stuff. And it's able to really tap into a new audience and and grow your, grow your, um, your net out further to be able to bring people in because that's where they are. You know? So I, I, I love that you guys are on this mission to do that as well, because obviously you have 20 plus years of experience in FCA and 20 plus experience dealing with athletes and boom, you combine that together. And, and, you know, you're over here just bringing in a whole different audience than I would ever bring in as, um, you know, former comedian and author and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's just cool that you guys are up to it. And, yeah. and Sly, you, you have some experience doing some podcasting as well, right? So you're yeah. kind of taking your, um, what you've learned and you're applying it to this new, uh, venture, right? Yeah. Yeah. During COVID, I, I tried to, uh, <laughs> use Instagram and, and, and Facebook to do my, my own thing. And, uh, it was fun, um, but it was initiated through a conversation with a pastor friend of mine. And uh, we were just kind of talking about mental health and what I was walking, what I was currently walking through. That's right? usually what it's, so, the yeah. best podcasts are. Yeah. He was yeah. like, hey, let's let's hop on and make this live because I believe people can can benefit from hearing mm-hmm. uh, your journey uh, that you're walking through. And, you know, with all the things that were taking place during 2020 with uh, social injustice and just um, the, the the darkness that was looming around the world. Um I've had my own encounters, right, with uh, with, with social injustice and just, um, man, just some dark, dark valleys I've had to walk through. 
And so 2020 was difficult. And a lot of people saw me thinking like, oh, man, that dude's strong. He works out. And, you know, there's no way that he could be dealing with mental health. And so, um, so yeah, I had an opportunity to be able to just share with the world what I was walking through and how I got through it. Um, sometimes it was more um, sharing application um, principles that I might have been applying daily, uh, whether that was through workout or meditation and uh, really just trying to, um, you know, allow them in to be inside of the the valley with me and that. to see how I didn't just stay there and I walked through it um, through things like fasting. Like fasting was something that changed my life during 2020. Like I, was, I would go from fasting 18 hours to 20 hours to 24 hours to sometimes two days, right? Um, still working out, um, but it was, it was very uh, beneficial for my soul and mm -hmm. for my mental health. In what ways? Like, can you elaborate and be um, kind of specific on what ways it was beneficial for your soul? You know, I I fasted from things like, you know, obviously food, but then I feasted on God's word more. Okay. Right. So Let's versus go. trying to replace it with hopping on social media or, or, or mm, you kept or, it holy. I kept, I, yes. So I was trying to to sow things that I knew that would have a return on investment. Right. Right. And so um, be, because Zach, man, my mind was all over the place. And I was still going through counseling. Right. It's but, 2020 but, though. Right. <laughs> you know, and so um God God was like, Look, I need you to press in more. And so uh, man, I would just be in my office sometimes for hours. Mm. Sometimes it'd just be with the lights off. Um and I wouldn't break my fast until I felt like God was like, Okay, now it's time. You know, I didn't just break it because I hit a certain timeline. Right. He was like, No, would you go a little bit longer? Sometimes I like, okay, that was, I heard him. All right, it's time to go eat. And he's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. That was you. Right. <laughs> I need you to die in that moment. That's, that's not me. <laughs> you know, and then I go another two or three hours. All right. Um, and so it helped me to really be able to um, saturate myself on his word. Um, and, and I'm telling you that the, the healing was something I had never experienced before. There was areas that, um, that I got healing in and revelation in even to the point where it allowed me to be able to know that I was not to go back to my former employer and I was really to pursue FCA and marketplace ministry. And so the fasting was extremely beneficial for my soul and for my life. Mm. I love that you said that about the healing, because I do feel like we be getting healed and we don't even know it sometimes, you know, and like the revelation that came from that is incredible. And like just the spiritual clarity he gave you on what to do, like next, I think that's big. And 2020 is actually the same year I got you know, um, I would say saved, you know, like I always kind of had, um, you know, Jesus in my, in my mind. Cause I would go to church, but it was more so like I read the gospel for the first time and like Jesus came to life mm. when I read the word, you know? So uh, I've shared that plenty of times on this podcast cause it's just so exciting, but, um, that's actually the same year. So it's interesting that you say that. So what are you guys calling the podcast? I think we're leaning towards keeping it kingdom. Ooh, keeping it kingdom. Keeping it kingdom. Yeah, all things kingdom. I like that. And that kind of, you know, lets the audience know right away, like, yo, what they expect, you right. know, like when you tune in, which is so good and so important when it comes to a show title. You know, obviously people are still confused by like birds if they never, <laughs> like, I didn't really think of that one. That one. No, but I, I love that we called it that. But yeah. I like the keeping it kingdom. That was great. That's a great, um, and you guys are so big into that. Y'all are so kingdom minded and making sure that that, that what, what it's about. Even when I talk to you about, um, Ken, even when I talk to you about setting up a, a meeting with our pastorate thread, um, I misspoke and I said something that I knew that you literally just told me like a week ago. 
that was not the case. And I'll say it on air because this is funny. You said like I you said specifically, we don't encourage churches to like go and do this the FCA thing to bring people to their churches. And I'm over here right when I'm introducing y'all, I'm like, yeah, it'd be good for you know like thread to like introduce. And I said the exact same thing you told you literally said not to say and I felt so embarrassed. I was like, well I knew that. Why did I say that out loud? You know? But it's so good because you're so like keen to mind and you're like, it's not about the church attendance. It's not about going out to these schools and bringing you know kids to the church. It's not about it's not, oh I hope you you help me. No, it's like all kingdom. How can we help Help the kingdom on both sides of the aisle. So I love that. And and that's and that is really the thing I think that was the the selling point for our relationship, right? So Ken hits me up in 2020 and he's like, hey, this George Floyd thing happened. Um he was can, can I share this? I, I, I didn't approve. I, 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 was hope, I was hoping you would because I okay. I like to piggyback so, off of it. Yeah. So so Ken calls me and he's uh, he's like hey and he didn't tell me what he was gonna ask me. So I, so we're on Zoom and he's live? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're on Zoom and he's like, hey, um, can I ask you a question about George Floyd? And he left it at that. And I'm like, man, where is this going? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, you really want to talk about this right now? You know how you don't know how I feel Did right now. Did he have fentanyl in right. the system? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so <laughs> is that gonna be the question? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, where is this going? Um and so he began to become curious. Okay. Was this like in the midst of everything or was this like yeah. months down the road? Hot. Hot. Okay. That's what I'm just, I'm thinking. Okay, like, it was hot then. Yeah, I'm okay. thinking, Ken, this is the wrong time to be asking me this question, sir. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so he began to just lean in and say, hey, it, I remember, I remember these words. I'm asking, can we have this conversation? Because I feel like I'm ignorant in mm -hmm. that area. I want you to coach me up and I want you to be honest with me and tell me if you've ever dealt with something similar or like this and i sit back because you know we, we everything's virtual right so i sit back in my chair i'm just like okay all right yes i have actually and so i began to unpack with him you know some run-ins i've had with um the police force that were unfortunate um there's moments that uh Is the time when I was going to pick up my daughter and I pulled up to her daycare and um, and this was 2019. So this was right before that happened. Um, and the cops thought that I was somebody they were looking for. Um, they were extremely upset. Um, and I all I could think through think in that moment was I'm about to die in front of her classroom. I'm looking at her. I'm like looking at her classroom window to my right. There's a cop car to my left that almost hit my the front of my truck. And there's a cop car that's on the backside of my truck. I can't see him. But the 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 rage and the intensity of the cop, the, the yelling and the hand on the gun. And I'm just thinking this is this is not good because they're saying, where is he at? And I'm like, well, who are you talking about? Tell him to get out the back. And I'm like, I, and I'm thinking, okay, if I move, what's going to happen? Um, and Zach, I'll be honest, like usually I carry. So I'm now thinking, do I have it on me? So all these thoughts are running through my head. And I'm like, this is, this is going to happen right in front of my, my daughter's daycare room. And um, he didn't know that. Like I, I, I hadn't shared that with him, a piece of that story. And we had knew, knew each other, right? And so when he asked that, I'm thinking like, can I tell him this? And, and will he do what some did? Because in that moment, 
Um, they figured out that I was the wrong individual. Asked me for my license, takes my license, write down the number on a notepad, throws my license, and then they take off. And that was the end of that. I, I then shared that story with some people right after. And I'll be honest, like I was bawling. I called my wife. I was like, I, I was shaking. I was like, I can't get her right now. I'm, I'm not good. And so I, I then shared with some other people and they were like, oh man, they just got the wrong person. It's all good. And so when he's asking me, I'm thinking, is his response going to be the same? Because that isn't the first time I've been through that with, with cops. Mm -hmm. I've been pulled over because I had my, my speakers were too loud or, you know, because of the car I was driving, you know, and, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, I've been through, been through way too many and, and I've been dismissed when I've shared. And even now, like sharing, I, I, this is probably one of very few times I've even shared the story publicly like this. And so when he, when he began to become curious, um, it, it took me to a level of, of comfort with him to know that, man, this dude has a kingdom mindset. And so um, when he, when we began to talk about FCA, I was like, I can see myself getting on the front line and being an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven as his teammate. Mm -hmm. Sign me up for that. I love that. And let me ask you this, because there was one part of your story that there was this, it moved me a little bit in a kingdom way. And the way the people that responded to you, I have to ask you, have you forgiven them for, for responding to you that way? I had not. Yes, I have, but I had not forgiven them in that moment. It, when you were talking to Ken? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, I would say it wasn't until 2020 when I was able to put that at, yeah, put that at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, because because when I was fasting, he was bringing all things like like we need to talk about this, right? Do you, and also, I think you know, like um, I think people try to give other people benefit of the doubt, you know, naturally or. They don't want to believe that something like that could be happening from what is not. I mean, they're not supposed to be like that. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like in your experience with that, it's like there's a, brings up a whole bunch of questions. Would that have happened to a white dude? Would that have happened to a Spanish dude? You know, would it happen to a woman? You know, right. it's like all these questions you can ask that you'll never know the actual answer. Right. But to take away your experience and not like give it any kind of merit or validity, I think that's kind of like you know, that's, that's pretty crappy. And obviously, you know, you were shaken up and you still are about that story, you know, thinking back, especially the, the, the layer of it is that makes it emotional is like in front of your daughter's school, like the significance of that, of like, that's how she will remember this whole thing. You know, like that's a horrible, horrible thing, you know? So like, that's where the, the weight and the heaviness and the emotions come from. And you have every right to be like, yo, like, how could I share this story with you? And you, that's the first thing you say, you know, like, oh, they just made a mistake. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's dismissive. It's, it's, it is pretty rude, you know? So, but the fact that, you know, um, so piggyback off that, like, tell me like about that. And um, so during that season, I think there was a couple of things God was teaching me. Number one, I needed more people in my life that were willing to say hard things to me. We all need that. And so I, I, I needed people to point out, hey, bro, you're, you're maybe packing on a few pounds, bro. I love you, but you're getting fat. Like, can you like, maybe you need to lose some weight. You know, you need people like that to hold you accountable in some areas. So through the season, I began to realize, you know, during COVID, I think as, as hard as that was on everyone, we began to realize there was also an opportunity to get better, right? There was opportunity for us to see blind spots in our life. And that's why I asked Lies, like, I need you to be a, a person, a friend to me to see the blind spots in my racism because I knew I had them and I knew there was a root of them. So circa 1991, I'm, I was going to school in South Dallas. And 
one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, I get pulled over in South Dallas because um, I'm a white guy driving in a part of town that looks that I'm not that I don't belong. So I get pulled out of my car by two really large African-American police officers and thrown into the street, knee in the back, knee in the neck. What are you doing? Call me all kinds of racist names because they assume that I'm somewhere I don't belong, you know, uh, up to up to no good. Right. And so for years, I allowed myself as a, as a white guy, every time something like George Floyd happened, I was always like, well, it goes both ways because it happened to me. Hmm. Interesting. So I was literally sitting on my porch one morning and I was praying and just like just wrestling with God about, you know, maybe maybe there is some racist tendencies in me and the way I treat people because I have some maybe some deep rooted hurt my on my own that I've never dealt with, right? And so God, you know, God spoke very clearly to me on my back porch. He said, Ken, maybe I allowed you to experience that, not so you would be angry about it, but maybe it was so you would have empathy for That's the good. people like Sly that deal with that all the time. Right. And you're with young men that are and and so maybe God takes us through those opportunities in our life to experience things, not so we can get bitter about it. But so we can get better and understand and be more empathetic to people that that deal with very hurtful situations much more than we do. And so I just was looking around going, who are, who are the people in my life that can help me see those blind spots, right? Mm. And say hard things to me. They hear things come out of my mouth that maybe there is something that's racist that I don't even realize I'm saying, right? Because I want to be very careful that in the ministry environments we operate in, that I don't say things that are hurtful, whether it's intentional or not. I don't want to, I don't want to be hurtful to people and or hurtful to the very people that we're trying to minister to. And that we're getting back to the, one of the original conversations we had, because you can lose trust so fast, mm-hmm. not, in, not, in, not, in, not even mean to just yeah. because you're ignorant. Right. And so I wanted to grow out of my ignorance in some areas and uh, God, you, God uses his people to help you grow out of your ignorance in, in some ways. And so I'm just thankful that, you know, God's, you know, put us together as a team. And, and I think we help each other grow in a lot of ways. And so uh, it's been really cool to watch, you know, and it's, and it's cool in, in that kingdom environment we're talking about, because you have, we, we work with multiple denominations, multiple theologies, people that agree with us on some things and don't. So how do we lead well with a bunch of people that may not agree? Right. Yeah. It's got to be God's kingdom to do that. Right. That's right. All of us or none of us, you know, mm-hmm. Amen. that's amazing. I love that. And I'm, I'm excited for y'all's podcast as a friend, as a fan, as a follower of Christ. I'm excited to hear what you guys got going on. And I know big things are in the cards for FCA. You guys are adding to the team now, which is awesome. And I know that's probably been super helpful because I heard this thing last night uh, that talked about like the more people that you have on the team, the more like blessings are going to come your way because you have more people like with the same mission and the common mindset to go get those things and go do those things for the kingdom. So that's so cool that you added somebody uh, recently and you guys also have a couple of events coming up. Uh, share with me about that and also adding to the team. What has that been like for you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, FCA, just to give you a little bit of groundwork, FCA is hundred percent funded locally. So people think, oh, this is huge global organization that, you know, they funnel money down. So that's not the way it works. So we, we slide, I raise support to do the ministry here in our community. Right. And so 
you know, that because of that, you know, you talk to people about, Hey, come be a part of FCA ministry. And you sounds get, like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. And you get, <laughs> and you, and by the way, you get to go raise all the money to do it yourself, you know? And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, well for, so for many years, like our area here has only really ever had one staff person. And, and so just now we have two now about to have three. We brought a young lady on named Ashlyn power. She's a, she's phenomenal. Going to be a huge addition to our team. She just graduated from, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi sports psychology, uh, you know, background. And so just even as we talked about mental health and we just see how God's piecing it all together. Right. Yeah. So the things are important, the p- things we need in our team, uh, adding a female to the team, it's going to be huge. I mean, I can't tell you how fired up coaches like female coaches and our athletes are in, in these communities where they hear, wow, we're going to have a, a, a girl like, here serving us ministering to us discipling us uh because you know it's weird i I mean i took her to volleyball practice at one of the high schools the other day and i walk in the door and like get all these girls standing there and the coach and i'm the only guy in the gym and i'm like the reason she's here is because i'm not going to be the creepy old guy hanging out at volleyball practice (laughs) right you know so so you you know there's certain environments like we can hang out and like it's really fun and i love volleyball and i love hanging out with athletes but you know i ain't gonna be weird about it right Mm -hmm. so having a female teammate is gonna really grow the relationships there with her and so she's uh, been out raising her support as of friday she's fully funded you know Ooh, praise god play the play the play the sounder on that you know because we got the uh yeah we, we, yes yes just fully funded so we're we're rolling uh she's through uh yeah i got the hr stuff done so we're, hey we're we're rolling so she's excited and we're heading straight from here going to a volleyball tournament to hey. make, introduce her to some more coaches and, and students and so uh you know really excited to have her on the team her she and her fiance josh uh be moving to arlington being being here hey. in the community with us so fired up about that and, you know and just from an event perspective you know we have uh, a kingdom event called fields of faith that Ooh. we're doing it in mansfield um Fields now, of Faith. That's a great name. Fields of Faith. Yeah, it's a, and Fields of Faith is actually a global initiative of FCA. So Perfect. October 11th, you'll there'll be hundreds, if not thousands, of those happening all across the country the same night. Ooh. And so it's a huge opportunity to lead students to Christ and connect them to the local church. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about the church. You know, and our our mission statement is to lead every coach and every athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and His church. So that's right. We're not the church, right? But we want to be a, a, a connector for students, for coaches, for people to to the church, and so we want to, we're going to put on a big event. Um, you know, have a bunch of the local churches there to support it, and encourage the students to bring their friends, and there will be a clear presentation of the gospel. There'll be worship, and we're going to believe that a bunch of bunch of students and maybe some adults too are going to come to Christ that night, and, and it's going to be a life changing, eternal life changing experience. So that, that's that's something we're really fired up about. Then that following Monday, right after that event, we'll have a golf tournament. Jim Sunberg, Texas Ranger Hall of Famer, hey. uh, host that uh, golf tournament for us in, in Mansfield at Walnut Creek Country Club, and. That's, a, that's part of how we're helping fund some of this growth and nice. some of these events is through a golf tournament. We've never, we've never done one before. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it, but man, Jim Sunberg comes and says, hey, Ken, you know, I'd be willing to help you guys with that and host it. And I'm like, let's go, you know? Mm-hmm. So last year we did it for the first time and it was, it was a great day. It was a lot of fun just connecting with people from the community. And we raised a, raised a bunch of money to help uh, you know, bring on teammates and, and to add and to be able to say yes to things like feeding teachers and doing things outside of the normal scope of ministry because we had the resources to do that. We've given out 
hundreds of Bibles, and we, we gave the golfers an opportunity to set up buying raffle tickets and things. We, hey, sponsor nice. sponsor a Bible for $25, you know. And so we've given out uh, a huge amount of Bibles uh, in our area. We have FCA has athlete Bibles, coaches' Bibles, so we've given out wow. hundreds of those this year. So that's going to be uh, another great opportunity, October 16th at Walnut Creek Country Club. If people want to come play in that, uh, it's, you can go to fcasouthwest.org to the events page on there and, and uh, get more information about that if people want to play. So, yeah, it's awesome. I love that. We well, also got, so don't forget, tomorrow night. Uh, oh, yeah. We got an FCA uh, back-to-school kickoff over at uh, Walnut Ridge. Uh, so we'll we'll have uh, some students worshiping. So it would be student-led worship. Wow. Um, and then we have a student, one of our former um, FCA students that's a legacy graduate who just graduated this year is going to be sharing. Um, I'm not sure if she's going to share a testimony or just give – uh, give a message tomorrow, but so we have that going on tomorrow night at six thirty. Nice. Um, getting the students ready um, to go back into the school year yeah. and know, okay, this is where my huddle's at. This is the time it is. This is where it's going to be located. So tomorrow night is going to be a, nice. a great kickoff party. If people wanted to get kind of plugged into FCA where they're living at, how would you recommend they best do that? If they go to fca.org, dot org, mm-hmm. and then there's a place on that, that says find local staff, and then they can punch in their zip code. And so everything we do is kind of by zip code. So they they punch in the zip code, hit submit. It will pull up the contact information for the local staff person that's in charge of that area where that they live. So that's perfect. Yeah, anywhere in the anywhere easy. in the world, man. We got we got staff uh, every state, just about every country now. Well, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, we we guys that are listening, you guys have heard the stories. You've heard the you've seen the impact just based on the lives of these gentlemen sitting across from me. Uh, personally speaking, I've seen just the fruit of that just from my own experiences, character coaching, as well as uh, my buddy Turner, who was just on a couple episodes ago, who shared a lot of really cool stories about his time and experiences in it. And uh, it's just something that I really believe in. So if you guys are definitely wanting to get plugged into a ministry, you know, you're like, what, where does like pray about it? You know, ask God, like, where do you want me, Lord? And then if FCA kind of is what he puts on your heart, like go, go seek it, you know, and, and, and get involved, just show up, you know, just, just be, it's that presence we talk about, go be a presence in these schools, in these locker rooms, with these coaches, with these teachers, with the parents of the students. Like, it's just so the, the, the net is, is, is wide of how many people you can reach in this ministry. So, uh, much respect to you guys. We'll be on the lookout for, uh, keeping it kingdom. And I'm excited to help you guys out with that in any way I can. And I'm just happy we were able to collab on this episode together. And I truly appreciate y'all being here today. Thank you for having us. It's a true blessing. Yeah. You're a great friend, great friend of uh, FCA, but also just a great friend to me. So thank you for that. I, I, I value you as a, just as a guy that uh, I hope you feel like you can say hard things to me too. You know, we're going to help each other grow and get better and hey. and uh, do some kingdom work. So thank you for your your coaching on the podcast stuff too. And just, you know, looking forward to seeing what God does. Hey. You know, Zach, I want to say this this quote that I heard the other day that kind of um, connects the dots here. And, and, and the quote is, you don't go as far as your dream, you go as far as your team. Ooh, so okay. we can have dreams all day long. That's right. We, we can get to the dream, but if we want to go completely all the way, we got to have the right people in the right seat in our lives. That's right. Yeah. Hey Amen. I received that, man. And I'm, I'm learning more and more about that. I feel like God is like really has me in this season of just connecting with people and building relationships and being intentional about uh, involving people in what you have going on, because that's the way to really reach the full potential of like what he has in store for you. 
you know, and I'm just really seeing that. I used to think I was a one man ministry. And then I was like, well, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, it is not. Maybe, maybe it means individually like going out there and like being able to like on the way to one ministry opportunity, stop and talk to a Levi and, you know, minister in the workplace and stuff like that when you're solo dolo. But when it comes to the, the ministry that God has called you to, you definitely uh, want to have a team around you. So I, I respect you guys for being able to say that and, and share that with the people today. So yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Taylor, thank you so much again. And for the listener, hey, if this is your first time here, do us a huge solid and subscribe to the show. Uh, if you'd like to pick up the book that we kind of mentioned on the show, uh, it's called 21 Days in Africa. You can get that on Amazon or my website at ilikebirdsministry.com. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do that as well. We truly appreciate you being here and we'll see you on the next one. And please share this episode. Get it out there. Get FCA out there. Get I Like Birds out there. Get the hearts of the, of the people listening to be able to go ahead and out there and, and spread the gospel as much as possible. I said that kind of weird, but you get the point. <laughs> share the show. All right, cool. Cheers. Thank you.